It's crazy to think that a game against Georgia Tech would be the most critical game of the season. But hey, folks, that's exactly what it is. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out Prize Picks and their app. We'll talk more about them in a little bit. But today's episode is about this upcoming game, BC against Georgia Tech, the battle of two, three, and three teams in the ACC. And what I want to explain today is that this game is the most critical game on Boston College's schedule this season. And I'm going to explain why you may say to yourself, why? Okay. Three and three. Why is this the most critical game? Well, BC has played six games already. We've already seen them lose to NIU play better than the, anyone expected them to against Florida state get blown out by Louisville and a bunch of other games in between where, you know, they haven't been the most dominant in their wins. And they have stuck around in their losses. So what do we expect? Why is this critical? Because Georgia Tech might be the first real peer game that BC is playing this year. Here's why. You played already NIU. Not really. Florida State's way better. Holy Cross, obviously, you know, they're not. Louisville, we saw that they're, you know, they're a ranked team. They're not really a pure team right now. UVA is not. And Army shouldn't be. Georgia Tech is not an elite ACC team. They beat Miami. They forced Miami into five turnovers. That's good. Showing that going in the right direction on their defense because they demoted their their one of their co-defensive coordinators earlier this year because they were 102nd in the country in defense defensive um, points allowed. So you're playing a team that has the same record as you. They're flawed like you. You know, this is not a team that is perfect. They're, <coughs> excuse me, their defense is bad. They've been bad. Their offense is pretty good. So just like BC, they have their ups and downs. This game will dictate how BC looks against peer programs because they have a bunch of them left on their schedule. We talked about this on yesterday's episode between Syracuse, Virginia tech, um, Pitt, and obviously with Georgia tech, you have four schools that are very much kind of in that same ballpark as you are. You need to, if they go out there, BC goes out there against Georgia tech and does what they did to them the last two times they played against them, which made their defense look, made Georgia Tech's defense look awful. And hey, they were Brent Key's defenses, I think, in both both years. Then BC could be in good shape for the end of the season. On top of that, if you set your goal up, if your goal for this season was to make a bowl, whether it's six and six, seven and five, you, you better hope it's better than six and six, but Let's say your your floor is six and six. Going for you know 
improving to four and three with five games remaining to win two games. It's, it's a much better odds than having to win three games with five games remaining. So you're going into this game almost in a must win situation. You don't want to go in there and then end up with a loss. Boston college has to play very well. They have to, they have to win this game. And there's things about Georgia tech that worry me about Saturday's game. It's a road game. Halfley has not been the best road uh, coach. I don't know what his record has been. I know you had, you know, obviously just one ACC win last year, but winning on the road's tough. Winning against, you know, a team on the road is tough. And I got to imagine that in Atlanta, the Yellow Jacket fans are feeling pretty good about this team after they upset what was then undefeated Miami. That must feel good. And the fact that they held them to 10 points, five turnovers, that must feel good. So there's definitely a sense of momentum that they have there. The other piece that makes me worried about Saturday's game is Haynes King. Now, Jeff Halfley in his press conference today said that his pass defense is much better. And maybe that's the case. Uh, he says that in the last two games against Army and and UVA that, you know, they're number, they're number 48 in the country right now. I, I don't really read much into those stats because BC really hasn't played a lot of good passing offense. They've played, you know, Florida State, which their credit, they played pretty well against and Louisville, which they played awful against. So I don't know what is going to show up for BC in this game against a quarterback that's thrown for 1600 yards, 16 touchdowns and six interceptions. They're going to have to play well. This defense is going to have to play well. If they're going to slow down this, this Georgia tech offense who's scoring about 30 points a game too. So all these things kind of, you know, go into this glob, they go into this mush of how we're looking at this game. And I don't, I, I still have not been able to wrap my head around what I think about this game. Who would I pick to be the favorite? Because both teams have flaws that the other team can expose. I think Thomas Castellanos is going to be able to run for a lot of yards against Georgia Tech. I also think Haynes King could probably throw for a lot of yards against Boston College. So that's going to be a big thing to watch for. But in the end... It is absolutely critical that Boston College wins this game. It gives them serious momentum. It would be three wins in a row heading into a game against UConn where you could technically win your fourth game in a row. And I know BC fans don't want to hear about it after last year, but a nice four-game winning streak would give you some momentum in a lot of areas and really get yourself off of that pile of, Oh, that's just BC. They're the worst team in the ACC, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden now BC would firmly wedge themselves in the middle with some potential with games against like Virginia Tech, Syracuse and Pitt coming up to make some noise, but you got to beat Georgia Tech first. You got to go on the road. You got to go to Atlanta and win this game. Now in a moment, Jeff Halfley spoke to, to reporters on Monday, had some interesting updates and two really big keys that came up, including injuries and how his staff watched film and made some evaluation choices that I'm interested to see 
where he goes from here. We'll get to that in just a moment. Now, have you checked out Locked on ACC yet? You haven't? I've talked about it a lot here on Locked on Boston College. And you need to get on that right now because Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs are the GOAT when it comes to talking ACC sports. Check out Locked on ACC wherever you get your podcasts. Now, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. It's critical. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. If you have a job and you're looking to find somebody, you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. The best part of LinkedIn, and this is what I love about them, they're simple. All you do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. You spread the word that you're hiring with simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire right away. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. This is locked on BC. I am your host, AJ black. Hope you guys are all having a great day. Cause I certainly am as BC football is back this week. And we got to talk to Jeff Halfley for the first time in two weeks on Monday and get to hear a little bit about, um, you know, where the, where the program is and in between, you know, some of his talk and, you know, he's feeling great about his program and all that, which you hope he is. Um, but he says his players feel better, you know, like they can win these games more than that. Uh, he's got his players believing that they can win the games. They don't need to tell it to them, which is good, whatever, but I'm not talking about that. When I listen to these press conferences, one of the things I want to hear every single time is injury updates. And sometimes it takes a while, you know, I, I get it. Sometimes Jeff doesn't give the, the most um, detailed answers on these because, you know, he doesn't want to give out answers. So there are three major injuries to watch for. And one of them, I honestly forgot about until he mentioned it. And th- they're going to have critical roles in whether they play against Georgia tech on Saturday. So the most important to me, and the most I think is important to the team is left tackle Ozzy Trapilo. Now Trapilo uh, played like what was it 15 snaps against UVA, didn't play at all against Army, and um, I'm not sure where he's at right now. He has participated in practice. We found that out today, which is a good sign. With Jeff Halfley saying that he hopes he'll be a full participant t- for tomorrow, I would love for BC's offensive line to get back to hundred percent. No offense to Jack Conley. And you know, we've been hard on him on this podcast before, but he had a hell of a game against army. He had a very, very good game. So I want to make sure I credit him when, when credit's due. He had a good game, but I want Trapilo back. And then Conley can go to the six guard, a uh, six offensive lineman, which he's played at a lot this year. You have him back. Okay. So that's where your offensive line is looking like good. The next one was Ryan O'Keefe, and he had a much more complex answer on where O'Keefe is at. Now, remember, Ryan O'Keefe was hit 
and injured in that UVA game. Uh, they had to take him on a stretcher. He ended up at Mass General where he was held for observation. Uh, but then we returned back to campus the next day. It was a scary injury. One of the scariest ones I think I've ever seen. Wes Davis was the other one I remember that was really scary. <clears throat> but so we're wondering if he's going to be back. It sounds like, okay, you know, they're, they're hopeful. I can't get a read on whether he's going to be back or not. Now they said they want to make sure that he's ready for it, that they've had, they're going to have doctors check on him and they're going to continue to, to monitor him. To me, that strikes me as he's not ready yet. Um, and honestly, if they need to keep him off, that's okay. The BC's got enough offense to, to make sure O'Keefe takes care of himself before he comes back. So that's another one. And you know, if he can't go, you have bond, you have Jaden Williams. If you need him, Dino Tomlin, I think has been getting the bulk of snaps. Um, those are the two. Now the third one is the one I totally forgot has been hurt is Kai Robichaud. Now, Halfley gave some details and I did I maybe I just missed it. Sometimes I I I miss pieces of um the press conference by just you know zoning out or whatever. <laughs> I, I swear I don't do it on purpose. But I guess he said uh that in the army game he was only there for emergency use. He was in a boot against UVA, so he didn't play that game. Then against Army, he ended up I think getting the big snaps at down the stretch, but he was only supposed to be used for emergency use because of a foot injury. Now, according to Halfley, he's already he's good to go. So that one is a hundred. Like it seems like it's much more uh, set in stone that you know you're gonna get Kai back. He's gonna play. You're gonna have him and Garwo, who are I think are your best backs right now. Uh, Alex Broom has had a couple good runs here and there, but more co- in terms of consistently, it's been Garwo and Robichaud. Those have been the two guys that have done what you need them to do. So you got that going. Now. The other piece from the press conference that I wanted to talk about was that what Halfley did during um, the week off, which was apple picking and pumpkin carving with his kids. No, he did mention that, but that's not what he was getting into. He was saying that he and the staff watched a lot of film. They, they determined a lot of what scheme things were going well, what schemes weren't going well, what players uh, weren't fitting where things are going um, in terms of plays and, he said that they're going to probably remove some plays that aren't working. They're going to continue to build upon the plays that are and do the same thing, especially with Thomas Castellano, some of that as well. So what the, why this is interesting to me is I'm wondering what he meant by like some of the players that are, are not fitting in. We've seen issues on both sides of the ball with guys making mistakes, whether it's drop passes, um, on offense or, you know, defenders uh, like against army where their eyes are in the wrong spot. Will this mean that we're going to see more, you know, different guys? Like I look at a guy like Cam Arnold, he had a tough game against army at different points. Will he, you know, get, will, will they look at maybe someone else to take some of his snaps because it's just not working or will Jaden Williams not get to play as much because maybe he's struggling. I'm curious to see what he means by that. Now, one player that he didn't mean by that, and one I was curious, is George Takis. Now, Halfley has been ardent, an ardent Takis supporter. We've watched Takis. He's got like six catches the whole year. I think he's got more drops than he does catches at this point. But Halfley has really stayed firm with what he, he does in the past blocking game. 
Now, today he said Takis is going to be there, and they're going to try to get him the ball more because they understand the tight end uh, needs to get the ball more. So hopefully that works out. Maybe get him in a rhythm. He will he won't drop as many passes. But I'm a little scared by that, i got to say. So that kind of just wraps up what what Halfley had to say. There was there was some other stuff in there, but nothing really like earth 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 shattering. So I just wanted to get you some updates from the press conference. Now, in a moment, we're gonna switch. We're gonna switch lanes here. We're gonna go into. Um, we're gonna look at. Excuse me. We're gonna look at hockey. We're gonna look at basketball. There's some news for both, and I want to get into what that means in just a moment. Now. Have you heard me talk about prize picks? If you haven't, you need to because prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less of their projected stats and place your entry. It's quick and easy to use. I can pick it up and do it right now. And what I love, I'm recording this on a Monday night and there are already picks up for next week. I was looking, I was like, huh, I wonder if Zay Flowers is on there. Yep. You can get Zay Flowers at 55 and a half receiving yards. And I was looking at Stephon Diggs against the Patriots. The Patriots are terrible. That's been my theme in a lot of these discussions is the Patriots are terrible. So I could also pick Stephon Diggs and go over on that too. Now that's so simple. You make your picks, you go, boom, easy to use. And with the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy platform with injury insurance. I hate having players go down. In fantasy and prize picks, they cover you and you got to love that. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnCollege and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnCollege and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks. All right, LockedOnBC here, AJ Black, and we are talking now about basketball. I If, I, if you guys... Or like me, you're getting super pumped about this upcoming season. And I can't wait to see what BC can do. Now, the biggest hope is that Quentin Post is healthy. <laughs> we don't need another uh, repeat of the beginning of last year. And Post obviously is um, the key to this this BC team. Well, I was reading Ken, KenPalm.com is a statistical rating service. A lot of college basketball heads love it. Um, and it's good stuff. You can get, you know, their predictions for games. You can get um, all the all the ins and outs of your team. And I have to say, I was disappointed because, and it's not just Ken Palm, but a lot of folks are still putting BC near the bottom. Ken Palm had him as 128th, only above Notre Dame, who just had a mass exodus of players. I don't get it. You... I don't get the, you know, BC was a 500 ACC level team last year. They lost Makai Ashton Lankford, which is, I guess, you know, is bad, but you got plenty of guys that can do what he does. You lost TJ Bickerstaff, who cares? And uh, not who cares, but you, his skill set, I think, isn't that big of a deal. And DeMar Lankford was a bench player by that point. I don't know how they could put BC below Louisville 
who, yeah, they got Sky Clark, who I guess is going to be fine, but they were a disaster last year. Are they going to magically just fix that? And maybe they are. Maybe I'm just wrong, but I look at what Louisville has to do to get to that next level. They got a while to go. And a lot of the folks I know and, and different reporters I talk to, they don't think that their coach is the right guy. So I'm a little skeptical that they're behind Louisville. Florida State's kind of in the same ballpark. Now, they had injuries, a lot of injuries last year. But I again, they were a lot worse than BC was last year. So, you know, I guess it's just haters got to hate, right? And BC's just got to prove it. BC's been irrelevant for so long. The fact that they might be able to uh, man a team that could make some noise in the ACC you have to be skeptical about it until they show it to you. Jeff Goodman, we said on a previous episode, was very high on Boston College. And I, I see that as a good thing because Goodman's a uh, notorious BC troll. And he thinks BC is going to look good. But we got to wait to see. And they get to play Fairfield on November 6th. Now, news about that game, too. Fairfield just fired their head coach. <laughs> so that could be your what the heck happened game because aren't you um, when you're looking um, at what, what they're going to be able to do. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Fairfield's going to look like with, with a new head coach, what a month before the start of the season. So um, that's basketball. Now hockey, hockey beat LIU. We said that this weekend. And when you're, when you're looking at what this team is able to do. They got rated by Osco hockey, uh, which is, you know, one of the major hockey promotion um, publications out there. And they're up to third in the country. I honestly think it's kind of low. They're going to face number two Denver though, this weekend, Denver is coming to BC. This is going to be one of the biggest hockey games in the last couple of years for BC. Because the Eagles are playing at a high level already. They're not even playing at the best that they can play. But they have to beat Denver. I can't wait for this. I love college hockey. I, it, it makes me exciting, excited. And I've missed good college hockey from Boston College and it's back. I want to shout out, <clears throat> if you're listening, the students out there that are listening to Locked on BC. Because... For all the crap that Boston College gets for their athletic program and the malaise of their their students and how their students don't care, those students at the LIU game were insane. They showed up. They were loud. They were chanting. They were going nuts. So I think that is a perfect example of what BC sports can be like if you win. I mean, I'm older, right? I was there during the Jared Dudley years. I saw what basketball was like. I was there during the Matt Ryan years. I saw what football could be like. You just have to put a good product out there. BC students will be there. They will support you heart and soul. And they did it for that hockey team. And hopefully they'll be there again next week to support them in the biggest game of the season for hockey. But I want to shout them out. That was awesome. That made me proud to be an alumni, proud to root for BC, and proud to talk about it with all you guys. So I'm going to head out now. My voice again, it's it's good. It's getting better, but I'm losing it as I talk for 25 minutes. This is AJ. 
I will see you all again tomorrow as we continue our trek towards the Georgia Tech game. We'll even talk maybe more hockey. Love talking it with you guys. Thank you. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Hit that like and subscribe button, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.